keep in mind, I, I came from a like a dental hygiene background. You know? So it's like, it's like, what the fuck? What do I do next? You so know? now you fuck up people's teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, it goes full circle, man. Yeah. So, that's full circle. For- Welcome to the catch up. Introducing your hosts, Eli Aruth, editor in chief, and. Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news-breaking, food-porn-peddling, viral website on the dot-coms. It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy! There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. All right. And welcome to the catch up. Jeff, everybody loves ice cream, my man. If you don't, I don't trust you. I don't trust you at all. But sometimes, like, people can't eat it every day for various reasons. Some people have allergies. Some are counting their calories. Some people are vegan. Other options for healthy ice cream are trash. Uh, there's a movement brewing in ice cream yet again. And that's what this podcast is going to be about. Uh, this time, it's happening with a chain of ice cream shops called Hug Life. Hug Life? Hug Life! Hug Life. So their ice cream has literally made people cry. Including it's myself. So good. Including it's, myself. It's made me personally go out for ice cream like five times in the past two weeks when I've gone out for ice cream maybe a cumulative three times in the past two years before. And it's because it is hip-hop inspired, Orange County bred, so-called anti-dairy vegan ice cream concept called Hug Life. And we have the co-founder, JT, a.k.a. Johnny Tran, on the podcast today. And I want to find out how far along he is on a goal I heard of becoming the vegan Baskin-Robbins. JT, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? What's up, everybody? Chilling, man. Yo, this ice cream... (laughs) is good. (sighs) Let's geek out for a little bit. Let's geek out. Yeah, because when I... So two years ago, when when I moved into a new apartment... I also discovered that I have like lactose problems. Mm. And so up to that point, like even if you look at my old bio as a food beast writer circa 2010. Mm -hmm. Soft serve. Yeah, king of soft serve. (laughs) I love soft serve. Mm. After Korean barbecue, done. After the buffet, done. On a cruise ship, done. I just love (laughs) soft serve. Uh, Ice cream too. Yeah. But it was a huge like part of my life and when i realized that dairy was like the reason why i was congested at night not sleeping snoring heavy i literally i cut it out like a pretty almost not a hundred percent because it doesn't affect me to the point where i get sick yeah Mm -hmm. but i i cut it out for like 98 percent of what i eat but then i over time i realized that i never went to dessert shops anymore like that whole part of that whole culture just basically like left my life until I searched vegan ice cream on Yelp and found Hug Life. That's how you found out? Yeah. I just, I was like, I need something. It's 9 p.m. on a Saturday where I'm not doing shit. I just had salty ass food and I need something before I go to bed. And all the pints that I can get the non-dairy stuff at the grocery store, I tried fucking everything, bro. Dude. I tried everything to get me close to my ice cream fix. The Trader Joe stuff that people were like, yo, the Trader Joe stuff is next level. Trash. It's either like, too icy, It just chalky. It was just, ch- the chalkiness is what, what really, really got me. But then not even just that stuff, but like, Anything you'd find at a, you know, Vaughn, Safeway, Albertsons, whatever, is like, I tried a majority of that stuff and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. So I was eating like a lot of pops, a lot of fruit popsicles. Ugh, and it's not ice cream though. It's not like, the it's, it's same. Delicious, like I'm like, oh, cream. this is refreshing and crisp and cool. Like watermelon agave. Like this is, you know, it's cool. <laughs> it's frozen lemonade on a stick. Son. But, but like when I'm in bed, like there's a, there's a different feeling when you have ice cream in a bowl 
or you're going to an ice cream shop than there is like licking a popsicle. It's just a different feeling. <laughs> you wanted the punishment. You wanted to sit in your bed aching. That's what I, you wanted. I want, I want, <laughs> going through I a bad breakup. <laughs> I, I, want, I want the gluttonous aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted the, I want two, three scoops. I want something, yeah, that I'm not going to, you know, I know I'm fucking myself up a little bit but it's like my treat yeah Mm. and that's what i felt like i missed for two years and then i walked into hug life i saw 18 flavors on a wall and i was like all of this is all all of this is dairy free like it's not the sorbet option in the left corner that's like icy and shit that's the big difference too and we're gonna geek out for a little bit more and i want to hear how this all started and how this came to be but i feel like that's the big difference with hug life is a lot there's there's good vegan options for ice cream it was just like like jeff mentioned it's kind of like in the back of a place or the first yeah tucked in the corner yeah Yeah, yeah. like almost like you're ashamed of it like it's not cool for it to be at the front (laughs) or the owner may not have known that like other there's a big market for people who want it that aren't vegan sure and like i had van Leeuwen ice cream in new york and i should change my life i was like yo this is tight like but again they're not a vegan ice cream spot they happen to have vegan Vegan options options. Mm -hmm. and i was like this is dope but when i got back home i forgot about it Mm -hmm. and then hug life came into my life (laughs) yo i swear to god it's not a sponsored podcast (laughs) yo jt thanks for the money though (laughs) but like double scoop on the house but just to get into the flavors a little bit i mean you guys have sesame street flavor which is like a black sesame with dark chocolate black sesame dark chocolate activated charcoal oh Oh, shit that's a top seller i heard yeah it's one of surprisingly in in my in what i was going through i I wanted you know the whole charcoal phase and i was like you know we need a charcoal ice cream you know so they could come people could come and eat our ice cream and, and try it out so i i made it on the fly like it was just let's just make it and then let's just put it out and then it was, it was, it was sell out within like i say a day or two and That's now crazy. it's one of our more popular flavors and we get a lot of requests because a lot of our flavors are, are rotating as well mm. so yeah I'm, it's crazy i mean you guys have green goblin which is the mint and chocolate chip that's the one i usually go to honeydew melon fantastic uh you got milkshakes you have the hard shell chocolate sauce which i love i put that on everything yo he's got cookie butter cookie butter you what? have tacos like they're the chocolate ta- they're basically ice cream tacos they Wait, have what? with the waffle cone shell oh that, that was in the very very beginning you still <laughs> have that no we we kind of refined our our menu before mm. i believe when we first started we it was hard finding our identity mm. as an ice cream shop we were trying to like we're like always comparing ourselves to other brands as far as like oh they got this they got that what would separate us from everyone else and then i felt like we were, we were trying a little bit too hard yeah and then so we honed down we we took a step back and honed down our craft and we're like well our product is what separates us from everyone else mm-hmm. it's plant-based anti-dairy ice cream you know so we perfected the flavors before we launched any new items or we took we scaled back the you know the taco shells or like you know like the i don't know before we even had like tacos like we would cook tacos and sandwiches in in, in our ice cream shop and we just didn't have an identity yeah you're doing too much we're doing too much yeah so like you guys have three locations now congratulations you just opened one in long beach long beach crazy yeah um Tell me more about how it started. Like, who who are you? Why why are you doing ice cream? What were you doing right before Hug Life? Before Hug Life, I was just like everyone else, just trying to search my search what I wanted to do in life. Mm-hmm. I was going through different array of community colleges, looking at trade schools. Eventually, I ended up joining a trade school, got my bachelor's in dental hygiene, okay. and, and became a hygienist. Thinking I was like, okay. You know, maybe I like this. I see, I see the money coming in, but I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Dental hygiene is a great profession, but it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Looking at people's teeth all the time, getting getting sprayed with people's saliva, and it was like, I always, <laughs> <laughs> yo, that sounds like a dream. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I know a lot of great hygienists, but I just didn't feel like it fit my personality yeah. as well as like I felt like I was, I was always like. I always had to be like professional and mm. people please all the time, which I am now at the ice cream shop. Don't get me wrong, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. oh, no. yo, yeah. fuck you is lying. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't like my ice cream? Get out of here! No, it's good. But yeah, I mean, it's just it was just a different type of professionalism that I 
didn't was, vibe with yeah right? didn't it vibe just with, wasn't yeah. your vibe yeah it wasn't it just wasn't me so um long story short hug life was just a, a lifestyle choice that me and a group of friends that we just kind of like quote unquote like or dubbed not dubbed ourselves but like just just messed around and said oh hug life you know like I, we listened to a lot of hip-hop and it came from thug life yeah the whole the tupac thing so we had the same attitude but it was just a, just like a different movement as far as like appreciating all forms of life and so was it tied to veganism or was it tied it was, was that it at first or why? it was just it was just like a thing where we're like oh we just appreciate life having fun going out and we did have friends that were like vegetarians vegans mm-hmm. or pescatarians and and we we're like well hug life you know appreciate all forms of life and it was just almost like our, our kind of thing it yeah. was like an inside joke mm-hmm. and that's how the brand started it was just it was just something fun that our group of friends were just kind of messing around with so what does your group of friends do like what what <laughs> <laughs> just like uh i don't know just a different array of things yeah trap no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding that's what you're really yeah. selling yeah. out oh, i got it got it <laughs> so this podcast is all about a front <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. cool i didn't think it could get better <laughs> <laughs> no i mean just like uh you know like they mechanics or go to they went to school at the time okay. uh, barbers or you know med med school students so yes. it's like an inside joke between like your friends more or less yeah yeah it was just an, it was just an inside joke you know we would be like, oh yeah, Tupac thug life, but then we'd be like, oh, Tupac hug life, you know, yeah. you know. So, yeah. but yeah, and the ice cream f- fell in, into our laps when because we're like when we were hanging out with our friends, we couldn't really enjoy the, or have the same experiences as our other friends where they would go out to eat and you know they would they wouldn't really associate with us or invite us to eat with them because you know there's no options for us or so they're like oh sorry there's no vegan food you know there's grass on the lawn you heat that you definitely you know like we're like oh really bro yeah no invite plus shade thank yeah. you real, real original you know but so we were like we should we always thought of like we wanted to do like a fast food kind of concept you know like damn like a, a plant-based in and out would have been dope you know yeah. but um yeah so one of our friends had an ice cream joint and um for, for some reason, at a point in, in time, he just wasn't into it anymore and just wanted to pursue other things in his in his career or in his life. And before he let it go, wanted to let it go, we we caught word of it and we were we were just basically like, well, let's see what we can do with it. Let's see what ice cream we could come up with. And then we started slowly implementing our ice cream into the the dis- display machine. And uh, more and more people just started coming for our, our ice cream without letting them know that it's non-dairy or made uh, plant-based. And then we'll just slowly tell them and then people would just come more and more. And as more people came, more of our flavors started to be implemented. Yeah. And eventually the whole dipping cabinet was just all ice cream, our did, ice cream. Did you have an ice cream that was vegan that you looked up to? Like, how did you know you could make vegan ice cream? Like, even though we, your friend had a store. We, well, actually, we, I mean, we didn't. And I, I I had no culinary experience. It was just a drive that, damn, I really want, I, I really don't like dental hygiene. <laughs> 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 or just like, I, I always knew that I always wanted to be some type of entrepreneur as, you know, me growing up as well. Like you mentioned, you know, like you see Andy and like you, you kind of look up to those people like, okay, damn, they're doing it. They're able to say, you know, let's, let's figure it out you know, by all means. So yeah, it's Andy from After's Ice Cream who was on our previous podcast who spoke about his After's Ice Cream empire that started kind yeah. of with, with that similar drive. Okay. Yeah. So we, we just kept on tinkering um, with our ice cream before our first batch was like, like straight up dense and a big tub of like rock hard ice cream. <laughs> what was like, that flavor? What's the first flavor you guys tried to make? Vegan? I think I think I think the the flavor that we had the most difficult time was was just our your basic like vanilla, and mm-hmm. that was like one of the first things because if you can't perfect a simple flavor, then what? Mm-hmm. How can you how, go how, from yeah, there? How can, how can you go from there? So, so what did it taste like? What kind of ass did it taste like? <laughs> it tastes, <laughs> <laughs> It, it it just it was just like rock hard, you know. Okay. It was like when when it fir- first comes out of the machine, of course it's soft, but then once it once it sits in the freezer or like you know mm-hmm. the cabinet, it's just like you don't get that texture. And we strive for that texture, that flavor, you know, and that longevity of that ice cream 
we do our best to kind of we do our best to mimic the the dairy ice cream because right. it's you know because you want that mouthfeel you yeah, want that texture that, like that that's, coating. That, that's the reason that I, yeah. that I'm coming back is because all of the things that I tried weren't anything like that on a side note have you guys ever met someone that worked at like an old school scoop shop and like scooped and where and how big their forearms are yo they yeah, are fucking strong like my cousin worked at a shop and like man like you know those like those in a movie you'll see a buff dude with like a hand clenching thing yeah 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 like that they were so much stronger than any anything like that and so and watching them scoop and scoop for I mean, yeah. some people have done this for years and years and years, right? Their forearms are crazy Yo, yoked. Son. Yeah. Yo, disclaimer, all from ice cream. No, it's <laughs> all from ice cream. <laughs> 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 Ooh, super yeah, side note. Super funny. But so, JT, did you know when you're a dental hygienist uh, or when you're going to community college, did you know that you were a creator in some fashion? Were you self-aware that you were a creator or did you kind of just walk into creating ice cream just because it seemed fun or a combination i've always i've I've always felt that i was a creator not not trying to toot my own horn or anything it's just because i felt like i had a, a big imagination um so like i've always trying to ad, like advance like the way i think and like how i could do, make things better and just kind of like oh just crazy dreams which i which people thought were 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 beyond stupid at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I kind of just kind of like held it back and didn't really pursue it forward, for, pursue forward with any any ideas or thoughts that I may had. Um, but I guess because I didn't really have the appropriate guidance on mm -hmm. what I needed to do to kind of just kind of harness that that energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always felt like I was a, 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 some sort of creator or some sort of person that had the passion or drive to create to accomplish a goal or, you know. So. Was was there anyone specific that you remember that thought your idea was stupid? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's even my, some of my, my I mean, some of my family members, I hate to say it, even though they were vegetarian, or some of my families are vegetarian and, or like have a plant-based lifestyle. Um, some of them were like, oh, who weren't, um, traditionally a vegetarian whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it is uh they're like oh you know that's not a that's not a good idea i don't think it's a good idea or or some of my my friends they they kind of they disagreed with me all the way you know they're like no nah, don't don't do it it's not profitable or how are you gonna make vegan ice cream how do you make ice cream without milk or mm -hmm. without eggs i'm like well just let me let's let's see you know just try the ice cream oh yeah but that flavor is good but you're gonna make a whole display of flavors and then it was just like, man, fuck this. You know, it, was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, hug life, baby, let's go. You know? <laughs> so people are starting to come into that store. Yeah. Your friend's shop at the time, you guys have a few flavors out that were, you, doesn't say hug life, doesn't say vegan on it. Yeah. People are starting to come. At what point are you like, yo, this is my store now? When, I guess the, the stamp of approval was when we saw the whole ca cabinet full of the ice cream and then we just returning customers and then... I guess uh, there's this one day when you know there's there's this uh, a customer came in. She came in with her daughter, and then um, she's just sitting there in the corner, and she's eating, and then she's just like smiling with her kid or her daughter, and she's kind of like crying a little bit. And I was like, "Hey, is everything okay? Is my ice cream that bad? Like, <laughs> like what's like what's going on? Like you a know? freak out moment, yeah. right? Like, oh shit. Yeah, and it was just uh, she was like, you know." Uh, my daughter, she has severe allergies. She has a lot of allergies to certain, she, she has dietary uh, uh, sensitivities, you know, and this is the first time she's experienced ice, experiencing ice cream. And I was just like, whoa, that's, and she's like, you know, like, thank you so much. And I think at that point in time, it clicked in my mind. It's like, dude, this is bigger than ice cream. This is, we're making a difference, you know? And we want everyone to experience what we're experiencing so <clears throat> we we take we do, we take a mental note on other uh, other people with other dietary issues and mm. we we try to do our best to make the ice cream to the best of its ability so that people don't have to think twice when they eat the ice cream like hey i have a nut allergy 
this is a nut-free ice cream, or hey, I have a soy allergy, it's a soy-free ice cream, or hey, I'm vegan, I don't want any cross-contamination with any animal products. Well, here, this, this is the ice cream for you. Yeah. And then we, we wanna make it where it's just like, it's enjoyable, whether you've dietary needs or not, or whether you're vegan or not, it's just for everybody, you know, so. Yeah. Did you know when you were starting that there would be an audience beyond vegetarians and vegans? Um, cause I'm, I'm, I'm just curious cause I'm assuming, well, I, let me ask you a question straight up. Is you, do you have more than vegans coming into your store now? Yeah, I, I do. And d- did you think that was a possibility when you started? It was always in my mind. It was always the goal. Um, yeah. Um, it, because we always had the, um, <clears throat> we always had the thought of creating the ice cream, making it a good ice cream product, but it just happened to be vegan or it's the byproduct of, of what of our lifestyle mm. and <clears throat> and it's good and we want people to enjoy, of all sorts of you know creed color um any beliefs they may have any dietary needs that they have to enjoy the ice cream so because like we've talked about this before i mean you and i both aren't vegan no mm-hmm. but and there are vegan products like the impossible burger or things that we've we've gone to other restaurants and been like this is just dope like it doesn't matter that it's vegan and we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot more of that but i have to imagine like there's a pretty huge segment of us that's not vegan because of animal rights we're still eating meat on occasion potentially because we like it or it's easier or whatever mm-hmm. but the product that hug life is just good enough to where I mean, again, I'm I'm specifically trying to lose dairy on my side, but I'm curious about how you feel because you don't have problems with dairy and you're still finding your way over to Hug Life. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I go there for a few different reasons. One, like I hadn't been to like, I don't go out and eat ice cream. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know. It's not, it's not a thing that like me yeah. and my boys do. Like we were like, yo, let's go get, let's go get a couple cones. Huh? <laughs> like, like we don't do that shit. Like, but... It was a couple. <laughs> it was it was a couple weeks ago when and again. So uh, there's a location you guys have in Orange near where I live, mm-hmm. and I had seen it and I had seen like the Hug Life and the hand logo and I just skipped it. I was just like, I don't. I'm like, I'm not gonna go out and eat ice cream and like I don't know that place looked kind of weird. Like they're about to preach to me, so I'm just gonna miss it. I'm just gonna miss it. So yeah. I just missed it for a while. And one night, me and my friends, I don't know, we were out eating probably K barbecue something something like really really rich really like savory and really needed a palate cleanser and i don't know for some reason a friend of mine had i'd seen it on their instagram feed that they had been to hug life saying yo game changer go and mm-hmm. i was like shit okay whoever that is i respect after that we're finishing up our meal at the k barbecue joint i turn to some of my boys i'm like y'all down for some ice cream let's get a palate cleanser and they're like cool if I had told them it was a vegan spot, they would not have joined me. Yeah. They would yeah. not have joined me. Yeah. I knew it was. And I was like, yo, if it's good ice cream, it's dairy free. I know my brother who's always rolling with me. He can't eat dairy. Mm-hmm. He's just like, he'll fart up a storm. <laughs> I want to be in a car with him anyway. Make that so, real soft serve. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, his dude is streaky. Man, that, shit that, that rocky road. <laughs> <laughs> so we go and I found myself sitting at Hug Life in Orange cracking crowd about 9 30 p.m at night on a friday and i'm having ice cream with my friends again i was like what is this i feel like a little kid where i'm and then i told all my friends and i told my brother i was like yo all this is plant-based mm-hmm. try it it's not gonna hurt your stomach like whatever you feel it's it's gonna be good and they were all looking over the counter and like oh i want that flavor i want that flavor we're grown-ups man we're like in our 30 in our 30s like screaming at ice cream like we're little kids picking it and i haven't felt that way anywhere i don't care any of the hip ice cream joints like Mm -hmm. i haven't felt that way in a while and i thought that was really cool and i was really excited on father's day because my dad and my mom a little bit older and they were like we had pizza we enjoyed ourselves we're we're in orange and we walked around a few of the ice cream spots after and i was like wasn't feeling any of yeah and i know when i go into the place my mom is gonna slap my dad's wrist for like ordering ice cream like hey your stomach's gonna hurt later and you're gonna fucking yell at me and we're gonna have a bad night Mm -hmm. so i was like hey hold on we're gonna go to this place called hug life i do not tell them it's vegan either because if i tell them that they both have this stigma of like you hippie Mm -hmm. like this shit's gonna be gross what's it made of if it's not made from milk yeah i was like just trust they just don't use milk that's all i told them 
And so they went and they had a ball, man. My dad went in there and now he knows like the, the filter's off. So he just gets to pick ice cream. So we're having that same experience again. He looks over the counter. My dad's an old school dude. So he was like not really reading the flavors. He's just like, <laughs> gets what, he's like that dude in like Corky Romano. Like, yeah, let me get the rum raisin. <laughs> and I'm like, dad, they don't got rum raisin here. <laughs> but they do have this mint chocolate. Oh, I fucking like, I like mint. Very good. Very good. And he's like, my, it's my dad in his, his late 60s, early 70s eating a cone of ice cream and having a great time my mom feels good about the whole thing and i was like this is special this is this is cool and i hope more people experience it and so that's been kind of why i've and now i've been back to hug life in the past like two three weeks i've been there over like five or six times to the garden grove location i went with jeff the other day after food and like orange it's it's this thing it's this vibe now it's, and you really get it yeah it's like uh we, we do our best to build that culture there um like you mentioned it's just the that you euphoric feeling of like just choosing your ice cream and as you said like grown grown ass men choosing ice and get, <laughs> getting hyped over it but yeah i mean i appreciate that you know yeah. I, I think there's a psychological aspect that's really important for the non-vegans and myself included because like when when beyond meat like came out at del taco i was pretty excited about it and then hug life had, had a similar excitement because it was there's this switch in your brain at least for me that was like you're doing something slightly better mm-hmm. than eating whatever you were eating before. Right. And I'm not a health nut. I'm not here to say something mm-hmm. is technically better, A or B. But that's how I feel about it. It's like I feel a little better mm-hmm. knowing that I'm not putting something in my body that's I've now tracked kind of fucked me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to me, there's now this there's this health aspect where I'm like, yo, I'll eat Hug Life three times a week. And I, I know that's not necessarily like the right thing to do sure. per se, but like that's what's literally happening in my brain. It's like, oh, yo, if I got, maybe I'll do ice cream once a week when I used to eat it. Yeah. But it was like now when I'm like, oh, it's vegan ice cream and like I feel better about it, like I'll go, I just go more. Yeah. I have a question. So, JC, when you were opening up the first location, was it an immediate success? Talk to me about like how you decided what people in your crew were going to be part, like the partners. Yeah. And then like you guys opened up and was there just a fat line now with the new Hug Life branding, anti-dairy dairy shit, like all it that? Was, it, was, um, it was not uh, a success. It, I mean, even to this day, we still strive for those big lines, mm-hmm. but Hug Life was definitely a slow burn. Um, it's been, Hug Life was, I, I would say like this is like the third year and I, I think people are barely starting to find out about Hug Life besides mm-hmm. our, 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 like our, our core customers, yeah. you know? So um, we went through a lot of trials and tribulations as far as, um, you know, um, having the, that conversation and dialogue with, with our customers about what non-dairy ice cream is and, and how we do it. Because like you mentioned before, when through our experience, when you say, oh, it's vegan ice cream, People are like, uh, vegan? Like, what what flavors do you have? Like, oh, that can't be right. You guys are weird. Like, like what? Yeah. <laughs> but so we we try to find ways to market differently um, by saying like, you know, anti dairy, and then having convers again conversations with people to help educating and help spreading awareness. Yeah. And the big thing was that helped us was the the free samples. Like, we mm-hmm. had customers trying every single flavor, you know, and they're like, whoa, this is this is non-dairy. Wow, it's amazing. But yeah, we didn't we didn't have those lines like some of you might see other brands, you know. But we did focus a lot on community work. Yeah. Um. So we did a lot of like free catering. We worked events for like uh, uh, high schools, elementaries, cultural events. Why and- didn't you guys go that route as opposed to like? There's almost this weird playbook. Mm-hmm. of how to like promote an ice cream shop that's like in this new age like do some fuck shit on instagram create mm-hmm. like a three tower tone cone and like take a picture and create a up. photo wall photo yeah. wall yeah. like you guys don't have that at your place and that's what i it's so refreshing going in because it doesn't look like a clean sleek environment that looks like a boutique inspired by streetwear like that's not yeah. that's not you guys there's playbooks on that now a lot mm-hmm. of ice cream shops dessert shops are following that like built for instagram playbook like i and sorry, I, I haven't posted a photo of Hug Life outside of a, a milkshake I just had. I was yeah. like, oh, this is, I want to share this a little bit. But like, it wasn't even about that for me. And I wonder, like, it seems like it's not 
about that for you guys either. Yeah, I mean, in in generally, I mean, I can't speak for any anyone else, but what I thought was important was basically whatever you see Hug Life, the way you see Hug Life now is basically my personality like spit into a room with like with the colors and yeah. the random decors and the hip hip hop influences and and my biggest thing is community and having compassion towards others um when hug life first started we didn't have the money for like the sleek logos or you know like uh improvements for equipment we we had to paint everything ourselves community actually came in and, and helped offer work wow and so i felt like it was my it was my thing or my duty to kind of give back to the community and build a foundation with the community before we did our whole instagram thing or or facebook thing and have crazy uh, vibrant pictures so um because once all that goes away like what do you have like you get once all the all the 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 glamour glamorous things go away like you you don't have anyone else but the community that supports you your foundation so So that's where we started. We started inside out rather than outside in. I like that. So you guys are about three years old now? About three years, yeah, turning three, I believe. So after the first location opened, how far after did you open the second one? Uh, the first location, and then about a year, we opened the second one. So why did you pick that second location? Because that's always that's, that's been a running theme on, on mm-hmm. the podcast. People, we've had the, uh, we're really fortunate to be able to talk to cool entrepreneurs that like, we're at the beginning stages, like what happened after location one to location two? Because that's a big deal. Once you decide, hey, I have enough money or enough clout or enough this or that mm-hmm. to be able to open a second one. Why did you guys open that second one? And why and how did you choose the location that you did? We opened, well, initially the second one, the second location, we always wanted to open in Long Beach. That was that was a lot of where our our customer base was coming from huge oh. vegan community in Long yeah, Beach. Yeah, it was Long Beach, and I, I've we always had dreams of going north, like Long Beach, L.A., maybe S.F. You know, but <clears throat> so when we were scouting for our second location, there was just not any spaces that we felt like fit our personality or what you know the price wasn't right for us because we weren't like we didn't have like heavy investors or like all the, all the money in the world. So then we started branching off. Okay, let's check out spaces more closer to 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 home. Not too close to the first one, but a little bit clo- uh, enough distance where um, our customers can go and have more seating room. Because I think the biggest thing was uh, the first location was more of a grab and go. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to create like a, an ambiance and a vibe where people could come and sit down and enjoy it with their families. So uh, one day I we. We were scouting locations: Anaheim, Costa Mesa, Huntington Beach, and um, one day, one of one of the partners decided to just take a walk around that that complex in Orange. And the first day he walked out, uh, he saw one of the realtors putting up a sign, um, and it was like an old tea bar. And so he's like, "Take that sign down! Take that sign down!" He's like, "What? Like, why?" He thought he was some kind of crazy guy. Like, just yeah. take it down. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, "So." It just happened by luck, honestly. Oh wow! And we we're like, okay, this this is perfect for us because one, we don't have to do a lot of remodeling because it, it was an old tea bar, and two, there was enough space for everyone to to come in and eat. So basically, we just slapped on our colors. Uh, we did minor deconstruction, and then um, bought and used equipment, and then just opened as as Hug Life Number Two. And that's a busy that's a busy little strip mall area because yeah. there's a there's an in and out that never doesn't have a line. Yeah, it's open crazy. late. Yeah, uh, there's other dessert in there. Isn't that scary? Opening up a second location. It is scary. It's very scary. It's not like and like you know people think I open a second location I must be like crazy balling with like a Tesla or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But but it's that's not the case at all. And it's like I I think people see the but what the product that I, I, I put out, but they don't see like the hard work that the whole team puts in. I stress out every day, you know, continue making the product better. Um, the, sometimes the money's not always there. Sometimes you see your sales drop. Sometimes you see your sales increase. Um, it's just, or the expenses, and you have to deal with all these personalities, um, deal with complaints. Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah. Well, because the whole time up to this point, you've kind of described that you reached out to your community 
sounds like there was a lot of word of mouth trafficking that first store. Most definitely. Were you doing anything else to get people through the door outside of word of mouth when you're opening a second store? Because that's... We were, we print out flyers. <laughs> we print out cards. I would hand it out at like Orange Coast College. I'm like, damn, now I think about it. I should just hit social media. <laughs> it would have been a lot easier, but it was just... It was just, we did things like really guerrilla tactic advertisement, just like going to restaurants, going to plant-based vegan restaurants, handing out our cards, handing out little flyers, putting up signs on the, on the streets. And then we get, a lot of our customers were just customers that drove by and, and happened to see and wanted to just, were curious to it. But yeah, we didn't do anything crazy. It was just, th- th- those were the only tactics we used. I'm, I'm curious if you, if, Yelp positively affected your business early on and mainly because that's how I found it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in that two year search where I just literally went into the search bar, vegan ice cream and put into my location. And I've done that actually a number of times, not just for ice cream, but because milk tea is like a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like go, having to be lactose free is like that's changed how where I go for milk tea. But I'm curious because at least at that point, and I probably went, I'm assuming that's like seven or eight months ago to the original location, Um, but Yelp was popping off. Like there was, I don't know, probably 700, 800 reviews, four and a half stars. And I mean, that I would have to imagine that's bringing people in. Yeah, Um, oh yeah. But but everyone has a mixed, view on yelp on good or bad because there's the there's the yelp salesperson that Mm -hmm. calls every business four times a day will never let them Mm -hmm. hang up and leave and they're Mm -hmm. incessant and there's that there's the filtering of reviews which even if you're a business that doesn't participate incentivizing or buying like positive reviews that they can still get filtered and they don't affect your score Mm -hmm. Um, Bro, I then, love Yelp. Well, and then, and, then, <laughs> and, 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 and what my last point is like, there's also a ton of people on Yelp that barely use the platform except to give people one star reviews and be like, yeah. this, stuff, this stuff was trash. I had a bad experience. But then you look at the rest of their review set and it's like all they're doing is just hate using Yelp as hate. Yes. Oh, they're soccer moms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yelp, Yelp did help. Yelp did help. Um, but it was it was always stressful, like always maintaining that that bar. But yeah, Yelp did help. Google helped. Facebook helped. Um, when we started using Instagram, yeah, that that helped a lot as well. So I heard at the second location again. Second location seems like we're harping, but it's a really pivotal moment in a lot of restaurants that grow. Is like that second restaurant, like picking picking the right place, making sure it succeeds. And talking about how scary it is of going from like, all right, do I have enough money in the bank account to open a second location? How many days can I go without selling any ice cream if that is the worst case scenario before I have to close that? You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of scary shit that happens. I actually heard that it was kind of a rough go with the second one in terms of like new community, first one in Garden Grove, they got it, you had time to build that culture Mm -hmm. and then you plop it in orange. Yeah. And it didn't didn't go well at first. it was, it was, uh, I think, I think we, when we had our first location, we started building a following there. And then what we had in our minds was like, okay, we're going to build a, a second location, that sophomore album, you know, it got to be heat. It got to be fire, you know, but yeah, you're right. It, the second location was an even, sl- I want to say it was, it was, yeah, it was just kind of a slow burn. I mean, there were customers coming in that there was heavy foot traffic. But it was just having that conversation again about mm. plant-based products or our plant-based ice cream. Um, because with Garden Grove, we were like a year in and people knew what they were coming for. You know, they, they knew what, they, they were educated on what we were doing. But it, once we put ourselves in, in orange, um, there were still customers that, that knew about us, but then there were a lot of a new demographic that didn't know what, what we were doing and what our ice cream was all about. So that's, that's where it was a very slow um, with Garden Grove, the demographic was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Um, with Orange, there there were some young. The, the demographic that is young, but then we get a lot more like parents yeah. coming through and bringing 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 in their families, their kids, and we 
then we're just having a conversation with them again like hey look uh this is non-dairy um this is how we make our ice cream or this is the ingredients that we use so it was, I, I saw stressful. that change too though because i remember when i first mentioned earlier that i would pass by the place i didn't really see like a ton of people in mm-hmm. there and then as of like the past couple months every time i go there's a, either a line out the door or like yeah i have to it's, which is cool now it's a vibe again and yeah. I, i'm wondering like it must have taken a good amount of time to carry through that messaging to that new area mm-hmm. and that location is a little bit further away from your dream of long beach yeah which you ended up opening but and all your audience from there that was driving like why would they go all the way to orange They're yeah up there so what's what's like hold, hold on real quick before you ask that when did you open the second location like date what like is? august 2018 August so, I believe the, fir- the first five months of this year we had the most rain on record in California history mm-hmm. that was that terrible. must be like a crazy fucking time to open a second location what it's already what? winter yeah. but then on top of that it like rained through May like January through May I think we had 60 70 days of rain on record after being drought for the last decade how much did that suck? That I mean, that, that, that sucked. I mean, it was. Does it suck? It, 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 Let's talk about it. Does it, it suck? It wasn't. It was scary because the the foot traffic was less. But we we always have kind of like a backup plan as far as okay, if we don't get customers in, what can we do to uh, generate money or generate sales? So we've we've implemented ice cream cakes for parties and events. Mm. Um, we do more caterings. Um, we do deals for, for pints and stuff. So, so that way we're, we're able to generate some money on the back end if we don't have enough foot traffic, but yeah, it was scary. Um, opening in during like fall and winter, people were like, dude, you must be crazy. That's like the wrong time to open. But it was one of those things where it's like, dude, I have a vision of this location and once I have that vision for that location and see the people inside it, it wasn't something that I was going to let go. I was going to fight for it and we're like, we just have to make it work. And a lot of, a few of my partners were kind of like iffy about it, but I'm like, well, we'll we'll make it work. We'll make it work. And then by the time uh, spring and summer comes, we'll see it happen, you know? And and then that was it. That was kind of like the end of, end of that, but. Yeah, because I'm curious, like, one, it's a weird climate in California where, like, we're talking about a rainy season, like, you can still go do shit, you know what I mean? And, like, I also am not predicated on, at least my taste buds, I don't necessarily, like, need ice cream when it's hot. Sometimes I crave it when it's cold or whatever it may be. Yeah, some people like it when it's cold. You know, like, it's a vibe. So, that's, I was just genuinely curious, like, do sales dip so crazy especially as like for a california ice cream shop when it rains yeah it it's does bad. it's it's i want to say it's it's bad but i mean if you're talking about sales for like sp- spring versus winter mm. went the spring it's it's through my experience it's always like up there you know because people are more inclined to go out um they want to stop by the shops and they're, they're they want to hang out bring their friends but during winter, these some people just want to stay in. Maybe they'll order a pint to themselves yeah. and share with their families. But so you talk about the pints. Uh, what is that a big part of the plan in the future? Like kind of packaging ice cream, or is it? Do you want to grow more stores? Like, what's your what do, where do you want to be in like three years? What do you want to do with what do you want to do with Hug Life? I want to be able to have like I don't know. I just uh, I want to have more stores. Like uh, like we mentioned, like you mentioned before. Like I kind of envision like uh, a plant based. Baskin Robbins, you mm. know, people come in and enjoy the ice cream. But I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't mind having packaged goods in like, let's say a Stater Bros or like a Whole Foods, you know, just as long as the product is able to reach as many hands as possible. Mm. I mean, I think that that's the ultimate goal. But um, I'm leaning towards more trying to open more stores, you know. Do you want to open more stores? Because do you see an opportunity with vegan ice cream? As far as like, as far as growth and opportunity, I want to open more stores. Yes, because I I do see a growth, and yes, because that vibe and that culture that that he mentioned before it was that's something that I want to keep alive. I feel like if I were to have packaged goods in inside the stores, yeah, they get the product, which is a good thing. But I still want to keep that ambiance of like going to some uh, going to an ice cream joint and 
And Almost like not too early, right? Like yeah. you don't want to introduce the pints too early because yeah. have, you haven't it, built up the culture to the yeah. point where you know it can it's be. It's a different monster too. Mm. You know, you got you got package it, and then it's it's, it's complete logistics, yeah. shipping, shipping ice cream, distribution, crazy. distribution. You got you need crazy, a commissary or warehouse or find a co-packer. It's it's a completely different beast. And right now, I I somewhat know what I'm doing with opening the stores, so I'm just gonna follow that blueprint and open as many as I can until you know I'm able to generate the, enough money where it's like, all right, we're ready for uh, this step and then we'll start packaging whatever we need to package or bring it on an investor that's, you know, that has the same, you know, belief system that I do and then we'll move from there. Do you guys make all the ice cream at every individual store? How do you guys make it? Uh, we do make the ice cream in-house. Um, we started off making ice cream at every individual store. So we'd had, uh, you know, ice cream makers there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they make it at the stores. Because I know ice cream logistics is a crazy thing. It's we crazy. glossed over it, but like that's that's like a part of a growth plan. Is like where do you make the ice cream? Yeah, you need a cent- like a central hub, and yeah. I think that's the next step that we're trying to think of. Like, but it's it's again, it's a completely different monster. Because then once let's say you get a central hub that deli- that's able to make ice cream, like how are you going to deliver it, or where are you going to store it? Now you, know, you need trucks. Yeah, you need trucks. Now you get, think about more labor costs and more you got drivers and more workers and ice cream pr- manufacturers or ice cream producers to yeah. make the ice cream. So it's, it's, it's crazy. I, and keep in mind, I, I came from a, like a dental hygiene background. You know? So it's like, it's like, what the fuck, what do I do next? You so know? now you fuck up people's teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's, it goes full circle, man. Yeah. So, that's full circle for <laughs> How you feel, Jeff? Cause I'm, on the record, I'd love to get one last thing in. Um, yeah. Oh, I had a question for you, JT. When it comes to, like, the U.S. right now is in, like, there's tons of allergies everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. like fucking nut allergies and then gluten allergies and then dairy allergies. And obviously, you guys have things on lock, like, we're not doing dairy, we're vegan, Mm -hmm. so if those things affect you, you're good. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, like, the parent who's bringing in their four-year-old kid who says, like, I'm allergic to nuts, can they still eat your ice cream? Are you trying to appeal to other dietary restrictions outside of veganism? Uh, and if so, how do you do that? I'm doing my best. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I do my best to, to cater to everyone's dietary needs. But, right, I mean, obviously, I can't cater to every single dietary need, but I'm doing my best to cater to, like, the like the, the bigger ones, like let's say someone with a nut allergy, yeah, we make an, a nut-free allergy. We do our best to not cross-contaminate any any of like this, the scoopers. And if and if they they are have if they do have a severe allergy, then um, they should let us know so we can get new scoopers. But yeah, yeah, we 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 do our best to to cater to uh you know. But is that something that you kind of actively think about because of? there's so many people coming in or is that kind of not a huge priority right now? Cause you already have to educate people just on vegan ice cream itself. Uh, I mean, at first it wasn't a priority, but, but now to me it is because I guess like the first phase of what I was doing was like, yeah, the whole plant-based ice cream educating people. But I feel like now that people have a better concept of what my ice cream is, now I could kind of focus on the next task of like, okay, let's let's try a different ice cream base. You know, let's try a different, like a nut base or an oat base, you know. Over the past three years, what's like been the hardest, most unexpected part of building an ice cream empire, dog? What's like, <laughs> you, you had no idea this, that part of it would be that hard. Just, I guess having to deal with, I guess with all the personalities, you know, because I guess, me myself, I don't see myself as a as a mentor. You know, I just see myself as like average Joe, just trying to make it. But then just having to deal with not only the customers but my my staff and and be being able to hear them out and what they want, uh, what they need. Um, it, it was one of the biggest things. Like I feel like I'm their older brother or like a counselor to them, um, and at the same time, kind of separating being their boss and their friend. You know. Mm. That, that was one of the biggest things because i think when i first started off as like hug life in garden grow i was like i treat everyone like a friend like oh hey what's up you know but um now i'm careful not to blur those lines and try to 
really handle things professionally as as a as a business owner yeah are there for someone who's never been to your shop and they love ice cream what are the flavors that you think are the best representations for just someone who loves ice cream coming in the shop and having a great experience for me someone that loves ice cream um it would be like your your classic flavors as your your green goblin which is your mint chocolate chip um, my personal favorite is the banana, banana boy, mm. which is like bananas, roasted walnuts, cinnamon, and you know cookie bits. Uh, but the most, the biggest uh, customer pleaser is the cookie butter. Cookie butter. Yeah, cookie butter is mm. it's what it's what gets people. It's it's similar to like a snickerdoodle. So, yeah, I think those three flavors are, are pretty fire. When we went into the Guard Grove location after we ate Laotian food, the the. The flavor, like written on the wall, was cookie butterface, and I, I like o- I almost fell over dying, and I was like, oh, I. And then I looked on your site because I was researching for this pod. I was like, oh, what are the flavor names? I was like, I get why that's not on the website, <laughs> but it was definitely cookie butter face on the wall, and I was dying, dude. It's just you know cookie butter all over your face, man. I don't, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but yeah. yeah. The way uh, you looked just now was like you didn't know that shit happened. <laughs> Like, who was running the front at that time? <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn. But yeah, we, we try to be a li- little bit funny with our stuff too. So yeah. So in conclusion, you guys uh, are not a trap front. You guys actually Yo, is this podcast a thesis? You just said in conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> You've never wrapped a podcast like that. Our, this is like number 80. Yeah. In conclusion. Uh, JT, thanks for coming. And in conclusion, <laughs> you, guys. Uh, we, you have Mighty Fine Ice Cream. Uh, and we encourage our listeners to go check out your stores. That's all correct. It's true. Yeah. It's That's true. Better ending than I'll, pro- I'll be there. E- Eli's been there five times this week. Yeah, catch me at the Orange <laughs> location y'all I'll see you guys there jt appreciate you man thank appreciate you for coming you. on yeah, thanks for your time man you. and your story blessings yeah. hopefully uh we see way more hug life ice creams around the country and uh yo guys and for the next four people that leave uh reviews on the uh apple podcast app i got a 25 dollar hug life gift card coming to you from food beasts so make yeah, sure leave a review yeah. right <laughs> make, make sure just mention hug life in your review on apple Podcasts. also let us know what topics you're in what pods you've listened to uh my co-host eli at book of eli yep. you got jeff with the g here jeffrey kutnick and on instagram and where can people find you jt and find hug life uh they can find me on Instagram, JT No Monies. <laughs> uh, Facebook as well. Um, uh, for Hug Life, it's Hug Life Ice Cream on Instagram and, and Facebook. And our website is www.huglifeicecream.com. That's what's up. Cool, bro. All Thanks right, for man. coming on. I appreciate on, man. it, man. Bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs>